a selfless parent. This is part of a series, or this is part of our series titled um, Becoming a Selfless Christian. So the Bible tells us that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition, out of selfish interest. Amen. Uh, but we should esteem others better than ourselves. So we've been reading from Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 3 to verse, verse 3 and 4. So let's take Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4 again, just to remind ourselves of ourselves of our key text for this series. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. From the NKJV, I read, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I repeat, let nothing be done through selfish ambition, selfish interest, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Most of the time, when we think about these verses of scripture, we think, we think about them in terms of ourselves and outsiders, ourselves and members of the church. Most of the time, we don't think of them as parents and children. Parents and children. Parents, can I call your attention to something? Your children are a person. Your children are a person. Ignore my grammar. You get it, just. Your children, your child is a person. Your children, I don't want to use the word people. Your children are a person. They are human beings. Now, what I'm going to be talking about this morning is not any form of indictment or pointing of uh, accusing fingers to any parent. Can I, first of all, make it very clear that there's no perfect parent and there will never be. There's no perfect child and there will never be. And there's no perfect pastor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I I I had an incident in church and I said something to someone. They went to report me to their parent. The parent called me to your panel and said, Tell me, oh man of crap. But I put that behind me because I got to keep moving forward. Amen. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect child. And this service is not to point fingers at anyone, even including the family, in case they are watching or listening to me. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm in my territory and I have every right to say what I believe is right in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Anyone has a right to confront me, but be mindful how you do it because it's not going to be exciting when I respond in love. Praise the Lord. We live in a world whereby People are fast losing their mind because they are so much, they've so much um, embraced falsehood, lies, deception, and all kinds of evil things. And as a result, when truth comes or somebody shares the truth, even the love in the best way they can, people want to reap the person apart. Amen. This is coincidental because uh, I've been planning to teach this about four or five weeks ago now, which I've mentioned in my previous messages. So no one should think it's because of the recent incident in the church I talked about. So go watch my messages three, four, five weeks ago. And you notice, you remember that I've said I'm gonna, God is prompting me to teach on this. But why, we, why this has happened coincidentally along the incident happens coincidentally with what I'm teaching today. I might, if I have the chance in my spirit, I will touch on a few things and uh, that relates to that. Now, there's something I've also noticed among a lot of African parents um, all parents generally, when you pass a comment about their child, not even a negative one, many people just take it personal thinking that you are judging them by saying that they are not doing a good job. Amen. I've had kids come into my area and they start asking me a question and I'll answer the question and I can see their dad trying to jump in and trying to shut me down. I'm thinking, mate, your child asked me a question about the Bible and I'm answering the question because I'm a pastor. So what's your problem? 
even though that's not what I say, but I'm just thinking, hey, my, 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 man, you don't need to do this, right? Because you are leaving a bad example for the child because he's watching you. He watches your relationship, your interaction with me. And he or she is thinking, what's the problem? Can't I ask a simple question? Parents, can we learn not to take things personal when people ask questions? See, let, parents, let's learn to handle criticism the right way. Now, I know in black communities, you know, and uh, Jolomi will probably rebuke me by saying that. Don't use the word black. But I'm a black man, and I've been in black communities, and these are the things that I see a lot. A lot of, women, women, a lot of mothers and fathers just take things so personally to the detriment of their child. Now, I not, I've also noticed that in, in African communities, right, it is a com- it's commonplace when people kind of uh, judge or assess you or rate you based on the performance of your children. These things are wrong. I'm calling these things out because I'm speaking within the confines of, Christ- of the Christian space. I remember someone who had a difficulty raising their child, and there's a lot of complications around it. And this pastor's wife, each time this person actually tries to put the kids together in church, and this pastor's wife will make will pass comments about their child that they have a distressful, um, distressing experience with, to just kind of spite and sting them. This is evil. This is just, this just is utter nonsense. Hence, we are coming back to the Bible. I thank God for the opportunities given to me to call out some of this nonsense that is in the church, dividing us, making the work of God ineffective, hindering the gospel from reaching thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the world. Many of the children in our homes today are hurt and broken and angry because of the hostility and the immaturity of parents and church leaders. Amen. I'm just uh, laying the foundation for my, for my conversation this morning. I haven't said all of that and touched on one or two things. So I'm putting, I put all of this together to, to get us to start thinking parents in the right direction. Did I mention again, there's no perfect children, there's no perfect child, there's no perfect parent, there's no perfect pastor. Nobody is perfect, right? And in the church, we must learn to accommodate one another's shortcoming. And I'm not talking about abuse and exploitation. Amen. One of the ways we grow in the body of Christ is learning how to handle our differences and conflict. Amen. And we must learn. If anyone wants to, com- wants to uh, consider themselves to be a mature Christian, they must be ready and willing to work with other people in the church, focused on Christ, not picking up errors and issues, shortcomings. No. It's the responsibility of church leaders to ensure that we help people to walk together, live together in the church in harmony and unity. Praise, praise the Lord. So leave the work of uniting the church and everything to, to, the, to the church leaders. But please, right? I hope we get a message. There's a lot in my heart. I read, I, I read a lot of um, research reports during the week that are, that are quite um, disturbing as to what is going on in church. It's very, very disturbing. Praise the Lord. All right, so no perfect child, no perfect parent, no perfect pastor. So your pastor is likely going to say some things to your children that you do not like, right? But the question is, what he said, is it correct? Did he say it in love? What he said, what he said is actually correct. And did he speak in love? Did he mean well? What is his heart like? 
right? Not that you, you jump on the pastor, you rip them apart, you go on social media, you say all manner of crap and nonsense about them because they are doing their job. This is wrong. It just shows that you guys do not respect your pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Friends, you, you don't... I think people should come to understand that... Okay, no, let me leave it because it might look like a kind of um, a scary kind of thing. But let me leave it. Be very careful how you talk to your pastors. Be very, very careful how you talk to your pastors. When you talk to your pastors carelessly, you open up yourself to demonic forces to deal with you. And they will. Especially pastors who labor on you, who toil on you. You seek your good. I see a man of nonsense on social media. You know, people coming to chew their pastor out. Pastors will labor on you when you were sick, when, you, when there was a death in your family, when you were broke, and you come and say all oh, manner of crappy, crap and nonsense things about them on social. You are opening yourself to demons and they will come in and destroy you as much as they can. So if you are watching or listening to me and you've been chewing out your pastor who cares and labor for you, labor on you in word and in everything, you got to repent this morning. Because demons will finish you. You cannot escape this. It's not a cost, but I'm telling you the truth. I need to call these things out because someone needs to start calling these things out because of all of the nonsense going on on social. You know, what people will not say to you in your face, they go and say behind you. And you think demons are not watching. Go read Romans chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. To whomever you give yourself slave servants to obey or slave to obey, that person slave you have. Why that of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? I understand there's a lot of fake pastors out there today, right? And many of them are not called, right? So they abuse and exploit people. But that doesn't mean Christians should not have enough common sense to differentiate the wolf from the shepherd. The woes from the, from the genuine shepherd. We should start waking up and coming to our senses. Friends, and I'm speaking to every member of my church, don't get yourself involved in these conversations where people are throwing their pastors on, under the bus. Don't go there. You don't understand the dynamics of the relationship. Mind your business. Amen. Mind your business. All of this is still part of foundation. Me, I'm, I'm laying the, I'm doing the groundwork for my message. You know, because I will say things, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm, I, I might say things that will hit some parents. And some parents, I think, they don't understand that. See, I'm operating by the, by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And I didn't call myself. So there are things the Lord will speak through me. And some people take offense in it. And, and things that I, I don't even know what's going on in your family. But I call them about the Spirit. And people take offense in it and begin to try to chew me out. Amen. I've given people enough hint. I've given people enough hint. You, it will shock you in my colloquial language. It will what? It will shock you. You will know that spiritual things are real. You will know that we operate <laughs> the power, the powers that be are real, that exist, that exist are real. So the fact that a pastor is very is very accommodating, friendly, approachable doesn't mean they are stupid and doesn't mean that they don't carry some dangerous powers. I want to say dangerous. I'm not talking about evil. The angels are working with them. So men and women, boys and girls, be very careful what you say about your pastor and all kinds of things that people are doing. Be very, very careful. In the, in the, in the terms and the word of Old Testament, I said one day the mercy of God will run out. And what I mean by that is that, is that, that, restraining, from, 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 from that restraining of the Lord 
to prevent you from reaping the consequences of those of that evil behavior of yours, whereby you malign the character and the reputation of your pastor, one day the law will abandon you. What we call the wrath of God, we abandon you unto the consequence of your action, and you it will shock you. You will know the devil is not a good friend. So when next, like Paul said, you know, he handed some guys over to Satan to teach them not to blaspheme. Amen. It's, I'm so glad that this some incident in the church is very co- I mean coincide with what I'm talking about now because I will talk on certain things. So before you go and open your mouth and start saying nonsense, right? Hope you heard the things I've shared in the past few minutes. Don't open your children to demonic forces to destroy them because of your immaturity or because pastor said something which he, did, he meant so well he explained. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our main text for the for the series I've shared with us, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. But for this seemingly one-part message, which seems like it won't be one-part message, let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, 6. So, reading from the King James Version, it reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Amplified Version renders it, Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gifts, or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's take it again, verse 6 of um, Proverbs chapter 22 from the Amplified Version. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Another uh, Bible verse I would like us to read is, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Ephesians 6 4. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. This is the amplified version. Do not what? Do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. In bracket, do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and in the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Let's take verse uh, 4 again of Ephesians 6. Amplified. Fathers and mothers. In this, in this instance, in, in instances where we have a mother, a single parent. Now I understand, I understand, I understand. It's a painful thing being a single mother, raising the kids by yourself. I understand. But let's leave the pain aside right now. Let's get objective to look at what, what, the situation that is on ground and how do we make the best out of the current situation. Amen? Please, uh, and I'm speaking by the spirit of your mother, don't, don't moan and complain and grumble and be bitter because your husband or your father of your kids are not there. Right? We, have, we can't undo the past. We can't take back the hand of time. But let's focus on the situation at hand and let's look at how we can deal with the situation and make the best out of the kids in your hand. Amen? So fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Same thing, mothers. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them 
tenderly in the training and discipline and in the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Colossians 3.21 reads it this way. Fathers, pro provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. So if you look at these three uh, texts, the first one, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, You should train up a child in the way he should go, and when, he, when, he, when he's old, he will not depart from it. The Bible did not say he will come back to it, that he will have a gap in his life, he will have a recession in his life, or economic downturn in his life. <laughs> it, will, it will have a problem in his life or he have a crisis in his, in his life that would make that it would go away from the Lord and then when life has happened to him and, has, and he has ex, after exploring every option available then he will come back to what you've taught him that's not what the Bible says though. because many people from based on my research and studying when young people leave church they don't question themselves or ask questions that help them to identify, understand the reason why young people are becoming hostile towards Christ or to the Christian faith. Rather, what they say is they will come back to it. They will, when they have children, when they have family, they will come back. So what about all of the evil and the crisis that will have taken place in the life of the child before he grows old? Why would we allow that vacuum in their life? Because the damage that time or that break, those years of break in their life can have eternal, it can have um, long term effects in their life and their children, grandchildren. Amen. So, parents, we cannot afford to be careless. Parents, I'm not pointing accusing finger at other. This is a call to, this is a wake up call, and this is to challenge us to help us see that we can do a better job. Nobody is perfect, and this is not a call for you to be perfect, it's a call to to help you recognize and identify areas of improvement. Amen. You can do better. Praise the Lord. So, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he, when he grows up, he will not depart, grows old, he will not depart from it. I like how the Amplified Ren does it. He said, And in keeping with his individual gift or bent, <laughs> And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you know when I laugh in English, like this, this is English laughter. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Don't ex exasperate them to resentment. But giving the, showing you what to do. But rear them tenderly in the training and discipline. And in and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. So our focus in all, in this um, by God's grace two part message now is training, right? And when we talk about training, we're talking about also considering the individual gift or bent of the child. Is God given potential and talent? Not yourself. Not your Parents induced, imposed talent or gift. Right? And the Bible also helps you to understand that when you, in training a child, you got to do this tenderly, cautiously, respectfully. 
that's not the word common to African parent. Respectfully, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a good job to you know, to to decompose all of this, to put to pieces all of this, so that you guys can really understand it, chew it, and get it. Because you may ask, what respect should you give to a two-year-old? Now you have to respect a two-year-old to a very much extent. But bear in mind, that a two-year-old does not know better. Uh, does not know too much other than to be selfish and self-focused. So there's a way to correct a child. Amen. Can I say something? This is uh, Pastor Dwayne Sherry said this. He says, discipline without relationship leads to rebellion. I think I'm paraphrasing it. Discipline without relationship leads to rebellion. So many African parents are very quick and used. I like to use Nigerian too because I, the scope of my experience is Nigerian. Being a Nigerian, many Nigerian parents that I've seen, they like to rebuke, correct, discipline their children with no form of relationship. Helping the child to understand the reason why they are disciplining. And with all the respect, many parents don't discipline their children properly. So what they end up having is rebellion. Now, don't forget what the later part of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Say, and in the count and the counsel. Now, in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. So for Christian parents, there's a boundary around your parenting in the Lord, in Christ. The people of the world can train their child the way they like. People who are not Christ followers can train their child the way they like. They can call their child a cat. They can train, raise their child to become a dog. They can do anything they like with their child. And it's sad because they are destroying the life of that child by equating or qualifying or comparing a human being to an animal and, and, and say to a child, you can become an animal, you can become whatever you like. But, I, but it's not me. I'm, I will not judge the unsaved because they do not know better. They don't have the life of God inside of them. So they don't have the life of God inside of them inspiring and telling them. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying all of them I mean, the extreme cases, which I just talked about, to caution them, to guide them and lead them the way they should go. And friends, you see, the, the truth is this. You can't give what you don't have, right? And that is one of the reasons why I emphasize the fact that there's no perfect parent, there's no perfect pastor, there's no perfect child. You can give what you don't have. All of us to a very much extent, a product of our upbringing, the parenting style, our parents' parenting styles, culture, so many, th- so many broken, so many brokenness of the world or components or elements of a broken world has molded and shaped us. And that is what we're giving to our children. So it's not pointing any accusing finger at us. It is expo- this is exposing the shortcomings in our life that is hindering our parenting style or parenting approach that could destroy the life of our kids. Amen. And then verse 21 of Colossians 3 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. So if you look at these three verses of the Bible, you notice that the, 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 the Bible you know, recognizes a child as a person, a person, not a thing, not a possession, not an accumulation, a person. So for anyone who wants to have a child, if you you don't have a child yet, please bear this in mind. A child is a person. A child is not a thing. I think most of the time, 
many Nigerians that I've met have not developed themselves or trained themselves to be able to put themselves in the shoes of their kids. How did you feel when you were treated this way? And how are you... If I hear a child point finger at their parents, I'll pour, I'll pour the, the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit on them. I'm just joking here. I don't use anointing oil anyway. That's fine. By the way, I you just open the can of worms. Don't get distracted by that one. Let's have a conversation separately. Amen. So we have not really trained ourselves to put ourselves in the shoes of our, ch- of our children. When my parents were treating me this way, so many of us want to pass down the training, the, kind of, the style of training that was given to us. But the question is, how did you feel when you were being trained that way, dealt with that way? And why are you passing it on to your child, knowing that it was ineffective and it damaged you? Amen. Friend, besides situations of rape and um, situations whereby someone did not prepare to have a child and have a child kind of stuff, you know, unplanned pregnancy, not unwanted, unplanned pregnancy, Beside those cases, friends, this is a bomb coming. Get ready for it. Are, are you sitting properly? It's not going to feel nice. Though. It's, gonna, it's, it's a bomb. Are you ready? Nobody begged you to have a child. You had a child by choice. And if you choose to have a child by choice, then be ready to be responsible. Ah, sh- sh- that makes you feel like... Oosh. No, I'm just not... By choice. So if you want to have a child, be ready to bear the responsibility to look after those children. You know, I was hosting, there's about five girls this weekend, and um, teenagers. Is it four? I think four of you, right? <laughs> and uh, one of them was with me in my study yesterday. I'm, pre- I'm trying to tidy up my notes for Simon. But when she came into my study, I knew she needed attention. I was there for one and a half hours talking, listening. And I had to pay attention, observe the body language, what they are not saying, playing back what she's saying back to herself, and helping her to hear what she's saying. When I finished, I was tired. Went back to my notes, went to bed at half 12. When I woke up this morning, I was tired. So when I started service this morning, when my mind was trying to get itself together, because I'm still processing the things that she said to me, she, she shared with me, and some things that some the, the other girl shared with, shared with us over the weekend. That's standard. You pay attention. Parenting is called present. Be present. Emotionally, psychologically, physically. Parenting is called present. More bombs are coming. You know, don't, 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 don't close the browser. Don't close the browser. Don't leave. Don't leave. More is coming, but those other ones will be softer, right? Praise the Lord. You know, I'm talking to myself too. So this is not having a dear parent. Amen. Go rewind and watch the, the, the starting part of this message. If you go out and go and say something about me. I'm not trying to threaten you, but I'm telling you the consequence of what you're doing. Amen. Thank God we're not in the days of Elijah. Maybe some parents will learn to learn to, to, to respect and honor their pastor. Praise the Lord. Hmm. So let's start the service. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so who is a parent? Who is a parent? Mr. Webster defined that's a dictionary. 
Mr. Webster defines parent as one that begets or brings forth an offspring. Here is relating to a biological relationship between a person and their offspring, their child. Biological. Gave birth. Begets. Another bomb is coming. So that means that animals also are parents because they have offspring. But we are not animals. We are a higher class of individuals or species of organism, far superior to animals. So human beings are parents. Animals are parents. Anything, any animal... Um, how did they put it? Biology. My biology is not really coming for this morning. Any, any organism, any animal organism, right? Complex animal, complex, complex organism, being an animal that reproduces after its kind, it's a, it's a parent. Have you noticed that uh, chicken and dogs are most uh, vicious when they have offsprings, protective of their, of their children. Do I have seen some weird um, chicken do that don't kid that abandon their their, 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 their their kids, their offspring, their offspring. You know, it's interesting how I, I remember seeing a chicken one day fight this orc. The orc was trying to take uh, one of his chicks and it it fought it fought so hard and fought off the orc. I know many of us still fight for our, for our kids, but we don't fight the right way. Most of the time, we fight and we tear and we rip apart the pastor who is even trying to help your life. And that's an example of what I experienced last Sunday when the parent called me to a panel to question me and query me why I used a particular word while I was having a confidential conversation with their, daughter, with their child, which actually came to speak to me about certain things. Come and explain yourself. There's nothing you will not see under this sun. Amen. So any of you, don't try that with me again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because that one shocked me and that's why I was kind of quiet. I was like, Lord, what was... Because I, I, standing conversation, I'm thinking, Lord, what was going on here? In my space, in my territory. Can I repeat? Friends, when you come into the Transformers Church, you come into a different territory and space. Now, this church is set up by the Lord Jesus Christ, right? It's not set up by individuals. And no individual, external individual, has any moral right to come and tell us how to do what God has called us to do. We listen to people. We take correction. You know, I listen to everybody, teenagers. I get feedback. Even after service, every Sunday we get feedback. How did the message bless you? We, you know, I have sessions where I get feedback on how we can better serve people. Get, I get to me. No one has a right to come and tell me and say, you know what, you said this. So why did you say that? Nobody should try that again in their life with me in this church. Nobody should try it again. So as I'm teaching on this parenting and anybody thinks they can talk, you better know what you are coming to say and I'm sure you say it with respect. Amen. You know, the, you know my nickname? Captain Tunde. It means I'm not that nice. You know, I'm not that nice when it comes to... I'm, no, 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 I'm not that nice. I, when I say I don't, I'm not that nice, I don't take nonsense. So to that parent, I took that nonsense in love, in Christ. But no parent should try that way again with me. That your child comes to speak, say confidential things with me, 
and I give them recommendation. They come to report to you. You didn't hear the full story. You don't want me to tell. You don't want me to. You know, I will never spew any confidential thing any child tells me. Right? So please, nobody should ever try that with me again. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, a parent brings forth a child, an offspring. And I said, every animal organism, complex animal organism, can bring forth a child and they can become parents. But we are superior and we're in Christ Jesus, which differentiates our kind of parent, parenting. Amen. So we're going to make some distinction between being a parent and parenting. They're two different things. You can be a parent by biological relationship with your child, but it's different from parenting. Many people are parents, but they are not parenting. Hallelujah. Many people are parents, but they are not parenting. To be a parent is a state, right? A biological state is a state. You have a child. But to parent requires effort, is work. Amen. To be a parent is a state. To parent is to put in effort, is to work, is to raise a child. Let me take us further so that I can give you those uh, definitions. So parenting refers to the intricacies of raising a child and not exclusively for biological relationship. Now, it's getting sensitive. So those strong warnings that I, that I gave earlier on, this is where they come into play. Amen. Check yourself. The things I'm saying are the truth. I did the things that you need to adjust. Don't forget that God called me to speak the truth. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So don't take things personal. Amen. <clears throat> Parenting refers to the intricacies of raising a child, developing a child, helping a child to become independent, to be mature, to be able to stand their ground, to be individual, to, be, to, be, to secure and to maintain a, their unique position in Christ Jesus. Amen. Parenting is not just mere biological relationship whereby you're, you ha you're, you're the parent and you have children. Oh, my, my, my daughter. Oh, my, my son. Oh, my children. You know, you guys go on holiday and you guys all over social media. Oh, 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 oh. No, there's more to that. You want to hear something? When my daughter reaches, uh, because I'm going to train my kids, or my girls especially, if I have a girl, I, I wish, I'm not sure yet, because girls are work, right? But I don't know yet, but let's see how God help, help me. Say, time will come, my child will change the type, my girl. When assessing her, her strength level, if she has a flat, she will, she will change the tire herself by herself. I, can, I will support her, but she will change it by herself. God forbid she has a flat on the highway one day where things are quiet. Then she's looking left, right, and center, looking for someone to help her in a dangerous place. I better train her to change tires so that she can do it in 10 minutes and get out of that place so that she doesn't get assaulted by one moron. Now, am I making sense? Now, 
If I say I if I say I train my child, my daughter at 16 to change tires by herself, someone say, you know, that's so mean. That's not nice. She's a lady. What about her nails? Compare that to when she has a flat, she's driving by herself, she has a flat in a alleyway where she could be assaulted. There's nowhere to go. The car is functioning, just, just had a flat. And she couldn't move the car or something. Who's going to help her? The quickest way she can get out of that place is to drive out of that place. So training her to change the tires of her flat by herself as quickly as possible versus being assaulted by a moron, which one, is a, which one gives, uh, does her more good, helps her life, protects her, secures her? Training her. Are they getting me? So sometimes parents are kind of passive in as to how they train a child. Like, no, 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 don't them worry. No, they should not worry. Oh, no, no, no. I was saying to my, I was speaking to my wife yesterday and I said, you know what? At some point, we're going to have a chef. When I get so busy, because even at the moment now, it seems like we need a chef. Because we are just busy. Well, I guess because of the stage of the church, we are, re we are rebuilding uh, Transformers Church and we are trying, we, we are in the process of relaunching Transformers Church. I've, I haven't read a lot of research and reports and as things, as our vision get, got clearer to us, right? And so probably we're going to need a chef at some point. And I said to her, I said, you know what? But I want my kids to be able to cook. So the chef will have two jobs at some point cooking. So even though I'm paying the chef full salary, at some point so you have three hours while you coach these ones to cook. And if you don't feel insecure about your job, I can send you somewhere else to, you know, if this, and I, I'm not raising children for me to cook, to cook for me, but empowering them, developing them. I want, I want to raise tough kids. When I say tough, I'm not saying wicked or mean. Rugged kids who can stand their ground in the face of cultural coercion in this wicked world, who can stand their ground. Look at oppressors in the face. Look at bully in the face and say, I'm not standing for that nonsense. Praise the Lord. Friends, I'm going to give you four reasons, four things parenting is not, and next week I'm going to start on them. What parenting is not? Parenting is not to acquire a high social status, to prove to people that you are not barren. So you have children, I'm not barren. I say, I have five, I can do six. How many do you have? Ah! Jesus is my Lord. Please, such parents, please do not come to Transformers Church. If you harass and oppress other parents or people who don't have children or don't have as much as you, I beg you by the message of God, don't come to Transformers Church. I beg you. Because I hate human beings condescendingly address other people, treating other people less of a human. I hate it. People say it is a strong word. I hate it. People created in the image and the likeness of God and you trivialize them, you reduce them, you trash them, you chew them out, you disgrace, you embarrass them because they don't have what you have. I hate it. Amen. Your true parenting is not... <laughs> Parenting is not retirement investment. Amen. To have a child, here I'm talking about raising a child. You know, I said there's a difference between parent, being a parent and parenting. But I'm looking, I'm trying to explore, I'm trying to highlight the uh, general misconceptions about parenting. 
People think to raise a child is to have is to develop a retirement investment. I will invest in him on her so that when I'm old, he can look after me. Hmm. Ain't right retirement. It's not ain't retirement investment. You see, when I gave us, a, when I took my time to give us a lot of warning because I know when, when I started getting into it, some parents will be angry. Amen. See, I'll I'll gladly release you from Transformers Church instead of not telling the truth. In ten years' time, let us we'll know whether the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, or you are just being angry because you hear the truth. But I but I tell you, if you stay with me on this journey, um, hopefully I finish it next week. I can guarantee you, you will be one of the happiest parents on earth. Parenting is not to fulfill your vision of success. Please, you, you see, you find a picture on there. Guys, just give me two. Let me, let me say, we are three minutes out. Uh, just there's a, I have a picture on, I have a scene there where I said, I think I said pushy father, something like that. Now, you know, just this other picture. Now, look at this picture on the, on the, on the screen. I met a father who was telling me about how many, how many fathers he has met, you know, pushed their, their son to play sports, professional sports. Many of these kids have a nervous breakdown. They are anxious. They are angry because their parents are trying to use them to define their own level of, to define, to fulfill their vision of success. Obviously, money comes with it. So they push their children to play football. The fact that the guy has, the boy or the girl has some skills in playing football doesn't mean what he or she is designed to do on earth is to play football. And other things that parents want to do, they want their child to be a medical doctor so that they can feel like a mother or a father who has a doctor in their family. This is not right. A child is a person. It's not a thing to be used to fulfill your own vision of success. This is evil. And I'm not accusing you this money. It's what you knew before now. And that's why I'm bringing the truth to you in law so they can get it. Don't do this. Friends, I am closer to many kids than their parents. Many kids have spoken to me than their parents think of what they have told me. And many kids are angry and can't wait to get out of the house. Many kids, even though they look nice and, and act nice towards their parents, they hate their parents. That's the word. Because of the hostility and the pushy and the pushy attitude, the controlling attitude of their parent. Because your, your child follows you to church and sings in church or is in choir, does not mean he or she is on the same page with you. They're just waiting for that opportunity to get out. They will play by the books. All your rules in the house just to get out. So why do you want to labor and invest on a child but, but, doing it, but do it in an inappropriate way to then lose them eventually? Why? Man, we can take that off the screen. See, parenting is not rearing children to carry on or to promote your family legacy. Your beliefs, your values, your attitudes, you know. No, it's not to carry on family legacy. Many family legacy are ungodly. They are based on culture. My father, my grandfather. I was speaking to my parents one day. I said, 
they were trying to help they were trying to get me to support their child in coming to the UK to study. And the man said, I want him to study this. I said, sir, is that what the boy would like to study? And the man raised his voice at me over the phone and said, No, I said, I want him to study this. I was like, no problem, sir. I will not be, I, well, actually, I couldn't really help them because I couldn't speak to the boy. But the man wants to force the boy to be something he wants him to be. When did a child become your own property? A child is a person. I want him to study this. And you don't really a child to take, up, to take over your business empire. So if you're a CEO, you have worked so hard and you build successful business, if your child is not, uh, if the gifting or, your, or the bent of your child is not towards business, if it's in medicine, let them do what they're called to do. A child is not your own. A child belongs to God. You are a custodian. You are privileged to, custod to, to be a custodian. To be a parent is a, is a privilege. Amen. So I'll start from here next week, go through this, and then we, we look at what parenting actually is. Uh, the downside of selfish parental attitudes. Uh, we look back into the Word of God, and then we look at how we look at training. We try to explore that training properly, and we compare that to teaching because many people teach their parent, teach their children. They don't train, so we want to distinguish the difference between uh, teaching and training, so that parents can really understand what it means to train and at least start them on the journey. So this is not a parenting course, but in respect with respect to the things we're talking about in this series. And as God is leading me to things he wants me to touch on, as what I'm saying here. And then I also try to find, point out some areas to train a child. Let's see how all this leads us next week. If we are able to really cover uh, those areas, and uh, cover those other you know, points I called out earlier on, uh, we'll, we'll get into the areas. If not, in the following week, I'll have to add more stuff to it so that I can... It can, you know, it is worth a, a full sermon. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus for this morning, for your word has come to us to correct us, to rebuke us, to build us, to empower us so that we don't raise rebellious children, but we raise children who love you, who care about you, and who will advance the cause of the kingdom and children who will not be hateful of their parents or hate their siblings. Um, Father, we just pray that as we go on this journey, that our hearts will be open to receive your truth uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And this and our, and our families, the families and this church family and anyone who come in contact with us will be edified, built up and be encouraged to, to train their children in the way the child should go, not in the way they want the child to go in, their, in, in a carnal sense. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, round table.